Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. President Donald Trump stunned Washington and much of the global business world when he announced, seemingly in a spur-of-the-moment decision, that he was going to impose tariffs on steel and aluminum imports. Leaders from around the world reacted with alarm and threatened a trade war with the possibility of raising tariffs on American-made products such as Harley motorcycles, Kentucky bourbon, and blue jeans. Some of those items are things you might find in abundance in my house, for instance. Uh, Trump says he is not afraid of a trade war and that it would be easy for America to win another startling twist to another confounding moment in the Trump presidency. Uh, This was the strongest resistance to Trump he received this week was from Republicans in his own party, people in Congress who should be in agreement with the president. That's where we want to start the show today, talking about President Trump, the idea of tariffs, the idea of a trade war, and whether that is what America needs to rectify the huge trade imbalances that we have been carrying for a long time. As always, on the phones, we want to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. And joining us now to talk about what is going on in Washington between President Trump and Republicans in Congress is Jordan Fabian. He is a White House correspondent for The Hill. Jordan, welcome to Detroit Today. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about uh, the likelihood that President Trump will or can impose these tariffs. We have become used to the president saying things uh, sometimes to get a reaction or to get people to move their own uh, thinking on something uh, to a space that he finds more comfortable. Uh, But this is also something that he talked a lot about during the campaign, has hinted at it several times in the first year of his presidency. Uh, Is this something we should be taking very seriously? Is he fully intending to try to impose these tariffs? Yeah, it's always so hard to predict uh, what this uh, president is going to say or do. Uh, But uh, looking at what he has said over the past uh, few days on this subject, I think it would be surprising to see him reverse this decision and not move forward uh, with tariffs. Uh, he, He got some criticism yesterday from Speaker Paul Ryan and other Republicans, um, yet he said, uh, when asked about that criticism, you know, no, we're not backing off, we're going to move forward. Uh, we got the same indication speaking with uh, White House officials yesterday um, that th- something related to tariffs is going to happen. Now, the question is whether the White House uh, will agree to uh, pare down the scope of those tariffs or create exceptions uh, for certain U.S. allies who are trading partners like Canada, uh, you know, who are who are shipping us a lot of, of steel and aluminum. Yeah. Uh, the idea that Republicans are among the most vocal opponents of this. Talk about that political dynamic uh, in Washington. You've heard both uh, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan and the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell come out and say, hey, hold on a second. This could this could hurt people in the state that I represent as well as uh, around the country. Does that make it tougher for the president? I think it does politically, yes. Um, yeah, he's not going to have um, a ton of defenders in his own party to go out and explain you know, to their voters why, why the president is, is doing this. So um, really the president, and, and that's the case even on his own staff, I would mention. Uh, there are 
there are a lot of free traders on on President Trump's staff who, who are not in favor of this decision, and and in fact, right right now, as you speak, are maneuvering behind the scenes to try to get him to back off. So um, he, he's almost alone on an island on this one, and and I think that makes it uh, politically a, t- a tougher sell for him. And you know, I'd say too that we're coming up on the midterm elections, and and Republican leaders are very wary about intra-party divisions leading up to those elections, worried that their message might be muddled to voters um, heading to the ballot box in November. So uh, that's something to watch for as well. Yeah. Uh, what about the people in his in his cabinet, uh, the, the people who think a lot about these, these questions about how trade works, how uh, trade imbalances get erased, people who think about jobs and job creation? Uh, Aren't these folks who should be in the president's ear cautioning him about what he's saying, or are they in the same camp that he is? Well, a lot of people in the White House, and, and this includes uh, Gary Cohen, the uh, the National Economic Council director, uh, the, the Secretary of Defense, James Mattis, and, and other influential advisors have warned the president about the consequences of these tariffs, that uh, while they might help the steel and aluminum manufacturers in, in the United States who employ, I believe, under 200,000 people, um, there are businesses that employ millions of people, including automakers, um, who use these products and will have their, the prices of their goods increase if the president moves ahead with the tariffs. The problem is right now um, the president isn't listening to those people. Uh, he, he has decided that um, he wants to act on, on this um, the idea he's had for a long time um, to impose tariffs uh, to re- reverse what what he sees as is a master trade imbalance with with the, with the U.S. trading partners. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Jordan Fabian. He's a White House correspondent for The Hill. We are talking about President Trump and his threat to impose tariffs uh, on steel and aluminum imports, something that uh, leaders around the world have reacted by saying they might impose tariffs on American-made products, start a trade war. What would that mean for the United States? Uh, In Metro Detroit, of course, we have seen lots of businesses go overseas for the past several decades. Uh, Do you have any confidence that these tariffs and President Trump can bring back the jobs we've lost by doing it this way? Uh, Can you increase American competitiveness through tariffs? There's a long history of this, of course, in the country. Uh, People have tried it before. People have threatened it before, for sure. Uh, What do you think about President Trump saying this? This is something he promised during his campaign. This is something he has hinted at many times during the first year that he has been in office. Now he says he's ready to do it. Is it something that you think will work? Is it something that you think will sink us further uh, into sort of the morass of a trade war and stagnation? Give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones, as always. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Or if you go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, we will work you into the conversation. Tell us what you think the effect in Michigan would be of uh, tariffs on uh, aluminum and steel imports. Is that the way to get our job uh, picture back in alignment? Um, I want to talk about the sort of uh, uncomfortable bedfellows, maybe, that that the president might have among really strong 
union-friendly Democrats uh, in, in the Congress. There's sort of some weird alignment here that's possible given the sort of protectionist, uh, the protectionist strain that the president is adopting. Right. Yeah, you've seen this, um, you know, cut across party lines in, in a strange way where um, you have some Democrats who, who are skeptical of free trade and labor unions who are, are cheering this move. The, the AFL-CIO came out with a statement um, last week uh, praising the president's announcement, and I would note that they've been very critical of the president on, on other areas, particularly on uh, his, his tax cut plan. Mm-hmm. So um, he, has, he is getting some um, support from those uh, from those sectors, but again, you, you know, this is something where we're gonna have to wait and see how the final plan comes out because uh, depending on how it comes out, some of those people who are praising uh, the president right now might not be with him in the end. Yeah. Uh, what about the what about the prospect again, the political prospect going forward of the backlash from this? Does that affect Democrats in your mind as much? Uh, as it does Republicans? Well, I think for the 2020 election, if, if the president's running for re-election, he's on the ballot. It, it could uh, put pressure on Democrats in, in these Rust Belt states uh, where, where the president won, including Michigan. Uh, you know, there are some states where this could help the president politically. Uh, but on, on the flip side, you know, I think for the midterm elections, uh, I, I don't really see how um, it's going to hurt uh, Democrats uh, in, in these Rust Belt states. You know, the president's not on, on the ballot, and I think that you know, Republican candidates are still going to be the ones who are under pressure because right now uh, the, you know, the political headwinds are, are against the Republicans, and I don't see um, you know, this as something that reverses that. And, and in fact, right now the, the divisions we're seeing are primarily among the Republicans themselves, and, and Democrats still remain... I'm quite united against the president, so I don't see the tariffs changing that calculus. Okay, Amy on Facebook says, I don't think Trump understands how interconnected the international economy is. The Marketplace Report just talked about how this will uh, oppose his infrastructure plans. He's not going to save us money. Thank you, Amy, for that comment. Patrick on Facebook has a different view. He says, what part of strengthening the American steel industry are you against? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones if you want to join the conversation. You can always go to the WDET Facebook page or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Nick in Macomb County. Nick, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thank you very much. Good Mm -hmm. morning. Sure. Yeah, I just wanted to say um, I kind of smirked when you read Patrick's comment from Facebook. And Precisely what I was thinking. Um, we've been decimated here in the Rust Belt, and I think, although it will not be a panacea cure-all for everything going on in the world, it's a step in the right direction and showing strength for the first time in over ten years. It's just a very good positive in my mind. So, Nick, can can you can you give me an idea of why you think this will work? <clears throat> Well, again, I don't think it's going to be a cure-all for everything, but it's a step in the right direction to show, you know, the American people first and the rest of the world, secondly, that we mean business. Um, you know, we're, we're open to, uh, you know, open trade with other countries, but it has to be fair trade. Um, you know, all of the tariffs they've had on, you know, I read recently something about uh, it's 25 cents or 25 percent on uh, some type of tariff they have for our cars going into Europe, mm-hmm. and only 10, 
10% coming back. Mm-hmm. Some things are not fair uh, across the board, and we just have to equalize that. And I think this is, again, not a cure-all for everything, but it's a step of addressing a larger problem. So I think it is a positive, okay. and I hope you know it, it can at least spurn some more conversation about equalizing the field. Yeah, Nick, thanks very much for the call <clears throat> and the comments. Uh, Jordan Fabian, uh, Nick it is calling from a county here in Michigan that that helped hand the presidency to Donald Trump. Lots of uh, working class folks there, lots of people very concerned, uh, as Nick is, about trade imbalances. Uh, this seems exactly what the president is uh, trying to speak to, or I guess the constituency that he's trying to speak to this idea that, look, things have not been fair for an awfully long time <clears throat> in terms of the way that other countries treat our products. It's time to, 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 to take action, uh, uh, reciprocal action against those uh, those countries. Yeah, I, I, well, I guess what I would say to that is, um, you know, a lot of people last week were surprised in Washington that the president uh, made this announcement. And uh, I, I was almost a little surprised at the surprise. <laughs> because uh, this is, like you said, something that the president has been talking about uh, for a very long time. Uh, he's flip-flopped on a lot of issues um, on, on the campaign. Uh, immigration, um, guns, most recently come to mind. But trade is something he's been very consistent on. In, going back, in fact, to the 1980s, uh, when he was you know, a political commenter, you know, sort of weighing in, uh, in, in the news, uh, it's something that he's been talking about for decades. So uh, the fact that he went ahead and did this, um, isn't so surprising when you look at the uh, record of comments uh, the president made and also the, the comments he made during the, the campaign and, and the way he won the campaign, like you said, by winning uh, some of these key counties in states like Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, where, where there's, um, you know, this manufacturing exists. Yeah. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to Isidore in Detroit. Isidore, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you, Ralph. I just want to say that uh, one of Donald Trump's tactics, as far as what I can see, is to stake out an outrageous position with unacceptable demands and then to retreat to a position that has some sanity to it. In other words, he's a bluffer. Yeah, Isidore, that's a great that's a great observation uh, of the president's behavior. Uh, Jordan Fabian, we talked a little about this, but but the idea that maybe he's staking out this extreme position as a way of moving uh, the Congress or or elements of the Congress to 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 a more a reasonable position from his point of view. I guess the question would be, what would that what would that be? What would he be trying to get Congress to accept, uh, short of uh, tariffs on steel and aluminum that uh, that would maybe look like a compromise, sort of in the face of his extreme position? Right. The problem right now is that Congress um, is almost sidelined in this debate, even though they've been very vocal in opposing it. Uh, the president invoked this rarely used. Um, legal authority that allows him to do this on his own by uh, saying that that steel imports are causing a national security risk to the United States. Where I think the the, the president could be trying to um, gain some leverage is the renegotiation of NAFTA with Canada and Mexico. Uh, that's been slow going. I know much of the frustration of all sides involved, and and the president kind of uh, gave us a little hint of that yesterday when he said if Canada and Mexico. 
um, agree to some concessions in the NAFTA talks, then maybe these tariffs will go away. So uh, one thought is he's, he's using this as leverage in those talks on NAFTA, which, of course, covers a much broader range of, of, of goods and services than, than just steel and aluminum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, Carolyn. Carolyn in Royal Oak, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, I'm glad you're discussing this. I'm not an economist, but I read somewhere that in the 30s there was a big depression <laughs> after uh, a trade war. So tread carefully, all you people doing the economics. Right, right. Uh, thanks very much for... Uh for that the call and the comment, Carolyn, of course, I think you're referring to the Smoot-Hawley tariff, uh, uh, which was enacted in, I think, 1930, uh, which, which was intended uh, to, to deal with a trade imbalance and, in fact, uh, did not. Uh, and so great historical, great historical reference there. All right. Uh, Jordan Fabian, White House correspondent for The Hill, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Up next, we're going to continue our conversation about the possibility of a global trade war. Uh, we're going to talk with Ravi Anupindi, an expert on trade, about what this would look like from a trade perspective. Also, remember, if you have to miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out entirely on Detroit Today. You can go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today, and listen to us when you are ready. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones, 313-577-1019. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. WDET, bringing you culture and information that empowers our community. Every day on 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Foreign automakers say tariffs on steel and aluminum will result in more expensive vehicles right here in the United States. Meanwhile, President Trump says he's not worried about it, and a trade war would provide him with leverage to renegotiate NAFTA. But what would a trade war really look like, and what would it mean on a global scale? Joining us now to talk more about Donald Trump's threats to start tariffs on steel and uh, aluminum that are imported here is Ravi Anupindi. He's a professor of operations research and management and an expert on global supply chains at the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business. Ravi, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Steve. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, um, let's talk first about what the president is talking about doing. Uh, and I think you're sort of a perfect voice to try to put this in not just global perspective, but also historical perspective. Tariffs are not anything new uh, in terms of the way that countries try to deal with trade and trade imbalances. Uh, how does this sort of fit into that narrative? Yeah. Um 
you know, as as uh, there is a famous saying, uh, I think it was attributed to George uh, Santayana, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, that's what it feels like in the sense that you're right. I mean, trade wars are not new. It goes back to hundreds of years. And uh, uh, as, you know, just... Uh, a few minutes ago, the previous caller reminded us about the just before the Great Depression and what happened, mm-hmm. but even dates back before that. So I think this trade wars never end up well, uh, and that is why we evolved post the Depression into you know multilateral treaties and uh, or, you know going through that rather than doing this bilateral trade wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the way this at least the initial. Uh, coming back to the more recent one about steel and aluminium tariffs, the initially it looked like that. It, obviously, it is the way it has been announced is applies to all of imports, and that if that seems unreasonable in the sense that you know it's it's what is the objective here, and it's China was the is is claimed to be the main. Uh, issue here in terms mm-hmm. of overcapacity in the steel industry. Mm-hmm. But China's, we don't import that much steel from China compared to from other countries uh, who are much more closing, uh, much closer trading partners to us. Right. So if we apply this peanut butter approach, I mean, it seems to hurt the very countries that we have good relationships with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk about uh, the things that would work to to achieve the things that the president is talking about. Well, you know, he's not wrong that there are massive trade imbalances uh, that exist in in the relationships we have with many countries. As he pointed out, both friend and foe uh, seem to be taking advantage of us uh, in, in some way. What's the right way to think about that issue and to approach it in terms of solutions? Well, two ways, right? One is obviously in the negotiations to strike a better deal and doing, uh, you know, trade wars like this is not the approach. I mean, NAFTA is going through the negotiations. Uh, I think that should continue. But the other side of the equation really is in any global trade, as long as we believe that free trade is good, and I think many of the uh, many of us do, there will be winners and losers mm-hmm. uh, because the idea of competitive advantage of nations does exist. So while we want to negotiate fair trade deals, uh, I think uh, insular approaches are not good, which means that uh, if we believe in free trade and there is going to be winners and losers, then there is a second component of how to deal with this is internal to our country in terms of how do we, what do we do internally to compensate the losers in a way? Compensate meaning I'm not saying financial compensation Mm -hmm. to to think in terms of what needs to be done, uh, you know, to address that gap. And and I don't think in all of this talk about trade war, that issue has is not being addressed. And um, ever since uh, we've started free trade, there's been this issue, whether it is steel or any other industry, textiles, et cetera. But we've never addressed that issue fair and square. Yeah. So, so as I said, two-pronged approach. One is, you know, go back to the negotiating table, and that's happening. But it seems like, as I read through what the true intent of what Trump is trying to do is really 
to accelerate NAFTA renegotiation. I don't think it is, it doesn't look like it is targeted towards China, where the problem, if it is steel, problem is with China. Uh, but it seems like this is a weapon that he is using to get something out from the NAFTA renegotiation. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, we need to get better trade deals, but also there is an internal issue that whenever there is free trade, you know, we need to think about internal policy structure. And unfortunately, there's not been much discussion on that about how to, what to do about the winners and losers, you know, how to how to think about the losers and whether it is um, re-education, you know, reskilling them into areas that matter to us as an economy. I think that nego- that discussion is not happening. Yeah. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Ravi Anupindi. He's a professor of operations research and management and an expert on global supply chains at University of Michigan's Ross School of Business. We're talking about the president's plan, or his threatened plan at least, to raise tariffs on imported aluminum and steel. He says that might start a trade war, but that he thinks that might be a good thing, that it would give him more leverage in renegotiating NAFTA and dealing with the huge trade imbalances that exist between this country and many others around the globe. If you want to join the conversation, tell us what you think about what the president is saying. Tell us what you think as a Michigander. Uh, think about the things that that uh, we rely on in terms of trade, both import and export here in the state of Michigan. Think of the industries here that rely on import and export uh, trade as a way to fuel their profits. Uh, is this a good thing? Is this something that will Uh, protect those industries and create more jobs? Or do you think this is something that would threaten the growth that we've seen, particularly in the last seven or eight years in the auto industry? Uh, The number, as always, on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the Detroit Today Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Let's go to Eric in Detroit. Eric, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I want to. One of the things that's been striking about the conversation about uh, trade imbalances, both uh, from your callers and from uh, Washington, is it seems to be divorced of any real sort of objective, other than you know appearing to be strong or using it as leverage. There doesn't seem to be much thought being given to the overall economy, overall global economy, as opposed to, you know, a specific industry. And as uh, the professor said, there's certainly areas where we have a competitive advantage and other countries have a competitive advantage in other areas. There's surprisingly little talk. um, I mean, it's only been mentioned that you're protecting an industry that employs, you know, a a fairly small number of people, generally speaking, Mm -hmm. at the expense of a much broader part of the economy, and it absolutely makes no sense. And I, I, it shouldn't. It should be criticized for like the childish outburst it is. I really don't think our president understands the economy and give and take. I just really don't. If I thought he had a real, you know, sort of thought out objective in all this, I would feel better about it. But I don't think he does. Yeah, I, that's an interesting. It's a really interesting point, Eric. Uh, uh, Ravi, can you talk some about? steel and aluminum and the role that they play, as, as Eric points out, this is an industry that doesn't employ an, a terrible number of people um, in, in this country right now. Of course, 
the import of steel, the use of steel, uh, even domestic steel, is related to other industries that employ far more people. Uh, the, the, the tension between job creation in one place or job protection in one place and another is one of the things that, that gets to the complexity and nuance of trade policy and trade discussion that does seem to be missing a little bit from this conversation. It does. Uh, I think the caller is right. I mean, uh, broader uh, discussion around the overall economy and how things are interlinked. I mean, today, all supply chains are so intertwined. And if we talk about this specific case about uh, steel and aluminum, I think that goes into uh, it. Everybody should understand that steel and aluminum are critical as materials that go into so many other uh, products and including right here in Michigan, you know, the automotive sector, but it could be as uh, simple as uh, a can of uh, Coke or a Pepsi that you might, uh, we might drink. Mm-hmm. So it goes into every, every uh, product that we consume. And so what is the impact of tariff in one specific uh, or two sets of materials, which employs a small fraction of people? And how, how will that snowball into price impact on other sectors. And I think we don't have to go that far. I think there is uh, evidence to suggest that just uh, the Bush administration had uh, also done uh, steel tariffs, and which was unwound within a year or year and a half. I think uh, U.S. lost the case with WTO. But Mm -hmm. there's been analysis to show that actually uh, it resulted in about $4 billion worth of lost wages for American workers in terms of impacts, that is, uh, uh, impacts of use of steel by other industries, uh, and approximately 200,000 jobs were lost. So, you know, that's we have evidence, and this is very recent evidence, about 10, 15 years ago. And so there is not much discussion, as the caller said, about that nuanced, uh, interlinked uh, uh, economic system that we live in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to Detroit today. Thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. So, uh, what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about what the president wants us to talk about. So, <laughs> a he, he's proven he's not a diplomat, and he has no clue about how we're running the White House goes. I, I, this is all diversionary tactics, so we're talking about something that he wants us to talk about. That's you know I, I, again, John. I I I always wonder what role that's playing in what the president is doing and saying. I mean, this is somebody uh, who either is quite crafty in the way that he creates diversions or. Uh, or maybe they're, they're all sort of inadvertent, but but you're right that there was big news uh, in the Russia investigation yesterday that that uh, you know seems to be a little bit uh, less uh, less in people's minds than this because uh, the president's talking about. It. At the same time, I will say this is something that President Trump has been talking about for a really long time, and it's not. It's not a new policy position for him. Uh, why crank up the heat now? Maybe to distract from some other things. But uh, there's no question that uh, this is about his his absolute beliefs about the way this should work. But, John, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Robert in Detroit. Robert, welcome to Detroit today. 
Hi. Um, I kind of agree with the last caller about this being a distraction, and I know that there's a close election in Pennsylvania where steel is very important, but ultimately, you know, we see all of these jobs are becoming automated, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like a bait-and-switch trying to show that, you know, people are going to get jobs from this industry, but about, uh, I don't know how many years ago, Severstall um, was bought by a Russian company, mm-hmm. and they, they decided to crank up their production. There was all kinds of noise and pollution, and then um, after the Russians invaded um, Crimea, I, I think the Obama administration put sanctions on them, and they had to sell that plant. But all the profits were going to Russia, and so you've got to connect the dots here. There are political reasons for this, and there are also... Um, we're going back to Russia and how we can benefit them. But the people here in Michigan, hardworking people who voted for him, are not going to get the jobs that he's promising. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Robert, uh, that's a that's a really interesting perspective. Thanks very much for calling and adding that to the conversation. Ravi and Anupindi, I'll give you a chance to respond to what Robert uh, is saying there. Yeah, very interesting uh, viewpoints. I mean, uh, the... the uh you know, previous caller, John, and then Robert, I mean, is this diversionary tactics, perhaps, and there is lots of other hidden agendas as uh, the upcoming, uh, you know, elections in Pennsylvania, etc. The other stuff that I want to kind of add to that is the timing in terms of, it seems to me, it's about NAFTA. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There is, I think, the seventh round talks were just concluding, and it was inconclusive, and there was nothing going on, no progress made, and frustration. So the way I read this, you know, uh, in addition to some of the stuff that the callers have raised is, you know, Trump is getting desperate about getting, you know, NAFTA negotiated, uh, you know, the way he wants it. And this right. is a this is a card that he wants to use. And in fact, I think he's now come out explicitly to say, well, we will make concessions to Mexico and Canada if they agree to these things right. in the NAFTA negotiation. So... So, yeah, I mean, there are, there's always uh, multiple things um, uh, at stake. Uh, and um, if you come back to the trade issue itself, uh, you said that this is, Trump has always been talking about this stuff. But in the beginning, uh, around the uh, election campaigning time, he was talking all about China. Uh, he did talk about NAFTA. So, but it seems like if it is commodity, then it should be focused on the countries that are uh, you know, at least claim to have the be, been the problem, whereas this seems to be all about NAFTA. So there is, in addition to the election and the you know other stuff, there is also the timing in terms of the NAFTA negotiation that's been dragging along. Yeah. Okay, Ravi Anupindi, professor of operations research and management, an expert on global supply chains at the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Up next, flu season is still raging, but it appears to be waning. We're going to talk to a doctor from Wayne State about what to expect in the coming weeks. That's all next on Detroit Today. Stay tuned. Thank you.